0: I don't know if you know it or not, but God created every one of us for our lives to be interesting and exciting. God doesn't do dull and boring, interesting and exciting. So if you sometimes find yourself bored, you're the problem, not God. In about another five weeks, we'll celebrate Easter. And the readings after Easter uh, on every Sunday uh, draw generally from the Acts of the Apostles. Those were interesting and exciting times in the early church. The stories are full of life and action. And some people wonder, hey, why, why was the Holy Spirit so active and why was God so present to people in those times and not now? Well, the only reason is our weak or lack of faith or lack of trust in God because God provides... Uh, all the stimulation and all the excitement that it takes to help his church grow and help people get to know him better. Uh, anybody in here, like me, like to watch some of those crime mysteries on TV, you know, uh, figure out what's going on, try to do it early enough, you know, that you think you outsmarted them. Uh, if you watch those shows, you know that um, uh, motive means and opportunity are what people look for to, to see if you know you're, you're a suspect who who are the suspects and then they have to look for evidence you know if who have actually uh, you know have done the crime so when we think about being convicted we generally think about being convicted of a crime but do you know we are all supposed to be convicted of being Christians and you know, as we look at that, I hope we want that for ourselves. We want it for our children and our families, so that if the world looks at us, they know for sure that we are guilty of being Christians. Um, God, you know, we have to have a motive for that. And, but God provides the means and opportunity, then we got to do the deeds, we got to do the actions that, uh, you know, that will cause the world to convict us. Of of being Christians, um, you know, Jesus didn't create, or I guess we talk about the Father creating, but Jesus didn't die to save us. He died because he loves us. So his motive was clearly love, just like. And because God is love, the Father's motive for creating us was love, the God's, Jesus' motive for saving us was love, and the Holy Spirit's motive for inspiring us and making our lives exciting is love. Now, there are lesser motives that are valid, uh, but they tend to be more selfish, and we'll look today at the readings at kind of a, a progression of motivation that occurs even in the scriptures. But the ultimate supreme motive is love. And, um, you know, if, if we commit to do something, and we think of things like New Year's resolutions, they often fail because our motivation is weak. Uh, you know, we do it for selfish reasons, we do it for shallow reasons. Um, but the strongest possible motive, uh, because it is divine, is love. So as we go through our lives, uh, uh, we go through our journey of faith, because you know, our, our, our life, which is supposed to be interesting and exciting, means that our journey of faith is supposed to be interesting and exciting. And so, look a little bit at the motivation in the scripture readings for the journey that uh, people in the scriptures were going through. In that first reading uh, from Exodus, uh, we had the chosen people. Um, they really had a pretty valid gripe. I mean, they were grumbling, they were thirsty. And you know they had trusted Moses and God to lead them out of Egypt, which he did. But everything was still a promise; it was you know something in the future. They hadn't really been saved the, the way you know that we've all been saved when Jesus died. So they were doing everything on a promise. But in the meantime, you know they thought they were going to die, and so their complaint was very valid. Now God responded because He loved them, and He gave them. Real honest to goodness water. Now you know Moses used his his staff and struck the rock as instructed, but he actually I think did it twice. So he was binged for that and you know, wasn't allowed to enter into the promised land. So you know his faith and his motivation wasn't completely pure. Um, so we jump to the gospel reading, the encounter between uh, Jesus and the Samaritan woman at the at the well, I always say the well, but sit, translation here is cistern. I had a cistern when I was growing up. Water off the roof running through the filter. You know, drink it, shower with it. Um, but the um, the encounter had a woman who shouldn't really have been alone with Jesus. I mean, it was a taboo. It was against the rules. So she probably found it a little bit exciting that this hey this guy uh, is talking to me when it was against all the rules, and so she was curious. Um, so she started uh, kind of asking kind of like the weather questions, the standard questions about us and you, what you believe, what we believe, because they were, you know, they were separated in their the tribes and stuff. And so, but as he answered her questions, she got really intrigued and started to get more excited and ask deeper questions. And what we see is an evol- evolution there of her relationship with him. You know, it just started, but it, we can see steps where it was getting deeper. She was getting closer to him and asking more probing questions. And he was answering with unbelievable, surprising answers, living water. So the conversation was moving from the natural to the supernatural, living water. And she was drawn in. He, had, for some reason, he was very credible to her, and so she listened, and so she formed a relationship, and ultimately, uh, you know, uh, he told her, I'm, I'm that one you've been waiting for, and she believed him. So, you know, she, she moved from, uh, you know, probably kind of selfish motives, but she now had a relationship with him, and, and when we have relationships, true love can be there, and she went and told everybody, and then others were drawn to him. So as we think about our own journey in life, our own journey of faith, uh, we need to look at our motives. You know, when uh, you celebrate the sacrament of reconciliation, penance or confession, uh, the church acknowledges that when we confess our sins and we're sorry, there's something called perfect contrition, which is because we love God. That's where, you know, what we should grow into if we're not already there, because that opportunity is there. God provides all of the, the means and opportunities. We, the motive has to be ours, but he provides the means and the opportunities to uh, have us reach that conviction of true, true love. So, you know, we, we look at our lives, and if we're finding out that uh, they're not as exciting as we'd like them to be, it's because we're not taking the risks that God is placing before us to get to know him better, um, to get to know each other better through him because that's how, what's meant to be interesting. You know, a trip or a vacation, sights and the the travels, but it's about the people that you encounter along the way. Those are the lasting memories. Those are the things that really touch us. And um, that's what Christ was all about. He was about relationships with everyone he met. He, you know, he could do it perfectly. Uh, We can only try to emulate him, but when we try, we find out, wow, that was pretty cool. Did you know that um, uh, this person had done that and that experience and and I can relate to that and you know, uh, I can be better at that. Uh, I can do more of that. And when it draws us toward God, and draws us toward our ultimate uh, destination, then, um, then that's God at work, that's cooperating, and that's the way it's meant to be. So I guess I pray for you and for myself and my family that uh, the future is uh, you know, exciting and interesting, and it leads us to the place we all call home. May God bless you.
1: Please remain seated. Our dear brothers and sisters, today we celebrate the first of three scrutinies with our elect who are preparing to celebrate the fullness of the Easter mysteries. In these scrutinies, we pray for their deeper conversion to the way of Christ. So now I call Bert and Lucas forward along with their sponsors. I also invite the assembly now to please kneel and to pray for Bert and Lucas in silence, that they may be given a spirit of repentance and a sense of sin so as to live in the true freedom of the children of God. I also invite Bert and Lucas to, and their sponsors to bow their heads and pray. Now, please stand. Let us pray for Bird and